calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to the Warning Woods. Today's story is just a classic slasher. I hope you enjoy it. If you do, please give it five stars and leave a review. Reviews help spread the podcast to more listeners. If you want more creepy content, follow me on Instagram and TikTok at The Warning Woods. I'm Miles Tridel, and this is The Killer. Rachel checked and double-checked the locks. The front door, the back door, and the one leading to the garage were all shut tight. Her parents had only asked one thing of her before they left for vacation, and that was to make sure the house was totally secure at night. To Rachel, it seemed like they were being paranoid, but she felt differently after calling one of her friends back home. Dad was adamant about me making sure all the doors were locked and bolted shut. I thought it was weird because it's not like I've ever let someone break in before. This isn't my first time house-sitting, you know?" Rachel complained. Her friend, Tara, listened and supported her, but suddenly interrupted to ask, Wait, where is your parents' house? It's just outside of Boise, Rachel answered. Why? Tara took her time responding. It seemed to Rachel that her friend was holding something back. Rachel, she finally spoke. There's a serial killer in Boise. Like... A really scary one. What? Why wouldn't my parents tell me that? Well, maybe they thought you'd seen it on the news. Or maybe they just didn't want you to be worried, Tara answered. Well, I am now. Want me to come stay with you? Asked Tara. I couldn't ask you to do that. You're so far away. It's only like 30 minutes, Rachel. Besides, it's not too late to watch a movie or something. It could be fun. Rachel made it clear that she didn't want to inconvenience her friend, but admitted it would be fun to have her, and it would make her feel better about staying in the house. Her parents' home had never bothered her before, but with the news of a killer on the loose, the large home suddenly felt foreign and unsafe. Her parents had bought the house after she graduated high school and moved away for college. She had stayed there plenty of times, but had never lived in the house herself. It was big enough that there were rooms Rachel forgot even existed. For this reason, she walked over to the fridge to examine the checklist her dad had left on it. 
One, close the garage. She hadn't opened it, so check. Two, lock the garage, check. Three, lock the front door, check. Four, lock the back door, check. Five, lock all windows. There were so many windows in the house. Before the phone call, Rachel had ignored the instruction to lock them out of laziness. After hearing some maniac was running around, it suddenly seemed worth her time to check. She began going room to room, making sure each window was shut tight and locked. Most of them seemed like they hadn't even been opened in a while, and Rachel felt herself calming down as she moved throughout the house. That is, until she reached her mother's studio. Her mom was a painter. She had claimed a room on the backside of the house as her studio when her parents moved in. Part of the reason she chose that room was that it was out of the way. She liked its relative seclusion from the rest of the house. The other, more prevalent reason was the huge window that took up most of the rear wall. It let in plenty of natural light during the day. When Rachel reached the door to her mom's studio, she felt a draft. As she hesitantly pushed the door the rest of the way, she saw the window had been left partially open. Annoyed, she wondered why, if her parents were so concerned for her safety, they would have left a window open. She was glad she had decided to check all the locks. As Rachel spun the little rotating arm that closed the window, a breeze drifted in. It blew on the screen, which blew towards Rachel. Her heart sank, and she felt a cold sweat break out. The screen had been cut cleanly at the bottom and on one side. It wasn't removed, just open enough for a person to fit through. She hurried to finish closing the window as her palms became sweaty and her breathing shallowed. With the window locked, Rachel turned around and put her back to the wall. The studio was bare, but there were so many places to hide throughout the rest of the house. She quickly closed herself in the room and tucked a stool against the doorknob. It didn't seem like it would stop anyone from coming in, but it was what people did in the movies. Realizing that if someone was in the house, having the studio light on would give her away, Rachel shut it off. It was dark outside, so the window didn't provide much light. As she sat in the dark, listening, she felt her panic continue to swell. She was utterly defenseless against the murderer who may or may not be in the house with her. While she crouched in the dark, Rachel tried to determine how much time had passed since the phone call. Tara would be there soon. Rachel had to warn her. She reached around to her back pocket where she usually kept her phone and felt a horrible disappointment when it wasn't there. She must have left it on the kitchen counter. Now Rachel had a decision to make. Should she stay hidden in the studio and pray the chair would hold the door? Or should she risk being caught by the killer in order to warn her friend? Well, she had to get out of the room eventually, and, of course, she would need her phone to call for help, too. Summoning her courage, Rachel pulled the chair away from the door. She gripped the knob firmly and, after taking a moment to convince herself, opened the door. He was right there. He had been waiting. The man was dressed in black down to his boots. He was much taller than Rachel, with mangy hair down to his shoulders. He moved quickly as soon as she exposed herself. Screaming, Rachel ran back into the studio, cornering herself. Without thinking, she grabbed the chair again and held it between herself and the man with murder in his eyes. The killer grinned and visibly relaxed. Rachel knew he was just waiting for her strength to give out. He knew she couldn't hold the chair forever. 
She had an idea but had to move fast. She lifted the chair above her head and threw it at the man. As he stumbled, she turned to the window and frantically unlocked it. He recovered as she started spinning the arms, slowly opening the window to escape through the very screen he had entered from. The window was almost open enough for her to fit when she felt a heavy hand on her shoulder. She tried to ignore it and kept turning the arm. His hand moved methodically to her neck. His patient confidence gave Rachel the terrible impression that he knew she could not escape. As his fingers wrapped around her throat, she had to abandon the window and fight back. She grabbed a hold of his hand and tried to pull it off her, but he doubled down with his other hand. Rachel kicked as she gasped, but she couldn't land anything hard enough to stop him. She dropped to the floor, and for a moment, his grip loosened. The rush of oxygen gave Rachel enough clarity to land one good kick to the man's forehead, making him grunt and stumble back. Rachel ran out of the studio, down the hall, and into the kitchen. Her phone. Where was her phone? It wasn't on the counter or the table. She was sure she must have left it in the kitchen. She looked back down the hallway and didn't see anyone. Why hadn't he followed her? Rachel took one more frantic look around before giving up on her phone. Then it rang. She heard her ringtone down the hall. The murderer had the phone. Her only means of getting help and warning her friend. Rachel stumbled back as the man stepped out of the room, grinning as he held the phone up for her to see. She saw Tara's smiling face on the screen. Should we answer? The man spoke calmly with a cruel, taunting inflection. Rachel wanted to say no, to leave her friend out of the whole thing but she realized she could start screaming for help as soon as the man answered the call. She nodded. Still grinning, the man answered the call and put it on speaker. Hey, girl. Tara's cheerful voice seemed so disconnected from what was happening in the house. Rachel was about to start screaming when the man pressed the mute button. Hello? No, Rachel yelled. Why are you doing this? The killer seemed to be feeding off of Rachel's fear. He was torturing her. Okay, guess we have a bad connection or something. Well, anyway, I just want to let you know I'm almost there. See you soon. Tara hung up. Well, the man spoke again. It seems it's time to end this so I can prepare for our guest. Rachel grabbed a steak knife from the counter. Stay away from me, she screamed at him. He didn't seem remotely bothered by the blade and started approaching her. I said stay away, she screamed again but her voice wavered. As the killer continued to come closer, Rachel ran out of the kitchen. She had to get out. The door to the garage was the closest to her. As soon as she reached it, she turned the lock and opened it. There was a button just outside the door, and she pressed it. The motor came to life, and the garage door started to raise. Come on, come on, Rachel urged as the door lifted slowly, so slowly. Once it was high enough for her to crawl under, she dropped to her hands and knees. He was standing in the driveway. Rachel stood up and ran back to the button. She pressed it again and again, trying to make the door go back down, but he grabbed the door and held it in place. The weak motor only fought for a second before giving out. Before Rachel could get back into the house, the man charged at her. He was no longer being patient. He grabbed her hair and dragged her away from the door. She kicked and screamed, swinging her knife wildly until he released her. Before she could get up, his heavy boot connected with her temple. Dazed and disoriented, Rachel couldn't stop him as the man grabbed her wrist with one hand and took away the knife with the other. 
she managed to get to her knees before she felt a sharp pain near her spine. Breathing suddenly became impossible. She felt like she was drowning. With every breath she tried to take, her throat filled with liquid and made her cough. She collapsed onto the garage floor. A cold sensation started to spread from her back to her limbs. Darkness began filling her vision. Before everything went black, she watched the man walk over to the garage door and pull it all the way down. Then she heard him go back inside. The last sound Rachel ever heard was a car pulling into the driveway. Tara had arrived. You can support The Warning Woods by clicking the Anchor Support link in the description or by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash thewarningwoods. Of course, the best way to help is by writing a review and following this podcast in Apple Podcasts or subscribing on your favorite podcast app. Thank you for listening. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.